All right, well, welcome to another Consults Over Coffee. I'm Dr. Michael Jones, and I am here with Debbie Dust, who is currently the general manager at Redefine RVA, right? Yes, indeed. And um, obviously an incredibly well-credentialed and experienced athlete, coach, trainer, you name it. <laughs> and and we're here today because we're in an, an era of... of incredible misinformation and disinformation and now that people are getting vaccinated and things are hopefully opening back up um folks are going back to the gym yes indeed and they're trying to shed all that covid weight yes they are yeah they are, <laughs> yes, they are. like <laughs> now they're coming back to the office and they have to put real clothes on again <laughs> just buy new ones exactly. um so yeah, so and and there are, as you know, I mean, as far as there's a right way and a wrong way to do stuff, and there's a lot of folklore and myth and misinformation out there. Yeah. And I think we were talking the other day about um I think one of the big ones is women in strength training. That they're all gonna look like Russian bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean they're... what's the deal with that? <laughs> Well, you know, I think in a general sense, any human being can and will benefit from strength training. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, well, it, well, I think in the perfect world, doing some sort of like free weight training is probably the most ideal. You get the most bang for your buck. That's not to say that there isn't merit for doing resistance training, whether that's with bands or tubes or even, God forbid, one pound dumbbells. You know, um, obviously the results that you're get you're gonna get from those different modalities be a little bit different, but I just can't um, overestimate the the benefit, the good of including strength training two or three times a week into whatever um, fitness, health, um, maintenance routine you have. Kind of, you know, if you're doing cardio and and yoga or various things like, certainly um, strength training should be a component in regardless um, anybody's. Um, routine, but especially for women. But what about the myth that like suddenly women are gonna are gonna wind up looking like Andre the Giant or <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, strength training is going to help you um, improve your lean body mass. It is a really it's difficult for women to put on a lot of muscle mass. I think somebody who's really focused and dedicated doing you know, strength training maybe three and four times a week, you might, depending on how you diet, um, put on a pound of lean mass a month. You might be able to. You can burn a lot more fat in a month than you can put on muscle in a month. So, yeah, so yeah I mean, it, it, in no way, shape, or form are you going <laughs> to pack on 20 pounds worth of muscle with your five-pound dumbbells doing a couple little exercises a few times a week. Like, sustained over a period of time, progressively overloaded strength training with maybe a little bit of anabolic enhancement is going to help you put on way too much muscle. But I think generally just building lean mass coupled with, you know, clean diet. I think, you know, there's that whole sort of the, the word toning, which just makes my head hurt. Um, but essentially you 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 have muscles underneath everything, right? It's a matter of like kind of 
you know, um, reducing your body fat in order to, yeah. in, in changing composition of your body in order to have either a more muscled appearance or, you know, generally let's talk about strength. Strength is the ability to, to, you know, exert force on mass or over, you know, time. So, you is, know. Is toning just a euphemism for I got rid of the fat that was overlying my muscles? Yeah. Yeah. Toning, toning is, yeah, well, and it's... Because toning is a very popular term. It's a buzzword, and women just flock to it because they want to have this, quote-unquote, this look, this toned, muscular, lean look when it's, you know, strength training is going to get you there, but the right kind of strength training, just to be clear, not one-pound dumbbells, um, you know, coupled with intelligent, you know, dietary choices and, and... you know, proper intensity cardio, not doing the quote unquote, the fat burning intensity. You don't want to be on the treadmill for an hour at 2.0. Like, no. (laughs) So, so yeah, the, the euphemistic toning, the, the, the goal of the feminine physique to be toned and not too bulky. Yeah. That's yeah. One pound dumbbells in the treadmill. Do do women, do women build muscle mass like men? They do not. It is, it is impossible. Like genetically impossible. The, okay. the hormone environment in a woman's body does not um, encourage muscle mass building the way it does for a man. So women, just even if they do heavier weights, aren't going to bulk up like men. They are not. And there are data out there, and I cannot cite any of the studies right now as I sit here. Right. But there are data out there that bear that out. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, in, in, the, in the world of medicine... That's pretty much a fact. Yes. <laughs> but in the world of fitness and wellness, it's highly unregulated and dominated by influencers who throw around buzzwords like toning. Well, how about <laughs> this buzzword? How about spot reduction? There's another one. I love Which, spot yeah, reduction. You know, there, there is no such thing as spot reduction. I mean, you can spot reduce surgically. But when your body loses weight, say I've got, you know, this, I love this love handles or, you know, my fluff, my tummy fluff or whatever. It's like easy there. (laughs) Your body, (laughs) one of the best analogies that I've, I've come across lately for how your body loses weight and how you sense and feel how you lose weight is kind of like a roll of paper towels. You put the new roll of paper towels there and you, you know, you use them like you start a new diet, you start a new exercise routine, a new program or something like that. And you know, you use the towels, you go to the gym, you're doing your, you're eating right, whatever else. And then, you know, maybe a month or two later, you're like, oh, you know, the paper towels are almost gone. And you're like, oh, I can feel the difference. Oh, my, my pants fit better. You know, it, it doesn't happen like all at once. It's, it happens over time. And the day-to-day is so close that you don't really notice yeah. it. And then, you know, a month or two later, you're like, oh, wow, I, I feel better in my body. My clothes feel better. You know, I feel better. I have more energy just generally. And so, so spot reduction, the only way you're going to spot reduce your fluff, your love handles, is surgical. <laughs> not cool sculpting. That's not surgery. Um, so, and that's the thing, like some bodies tend to hold on to weight in certain areas, probably genetically predisposed. You know, some people carry, um, their excess weight in their abdomen. I happen to carry mine below my waist, (laughs) which is probably better for my health. Men and women carry their weight, (laughs) generally carry their weight there, or it shouldn't be carry my weight. 
store fat. <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase. Let's yeah, just call you know? it what it is. So, I mean, so yeah, I mean, in, in the myth of spot reduction, like sure, you can do all of the abduction, adduction that you want for your for your saddlebags, and you're gonna gonna definitely develop you know the strength and and you know the muscles of, of abduction and adduction, but you're not burning fat doing that. Yeah. Or yeah. guys that get on the rotary torso machine and put the pin on 200 pounds and think that they're like working off their love handles. Herniated discs. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not going <laughs> to do it. Like abs and, and that, I mean, that starts in the kitchen. That's, I mean, the gym is the adjunct to it, but it underneath all of it, it starts, it all starts in the kitchen. It really put does. Put the fork exactly. down. Exactly. Step away from the table. Most important movement you'll perform. Yeah. Yeah, well, and know what your triggers are. Yeah, I mean, know what your triggers are. There's all these, buy these supplements and these fat-burning teas and these metabolic enhancers and whatever else. And it's like, do not waste your money on these things. They're not going to help you. Yeah, and, you know, here, here's my supplement that I get royalties from, so use my code. And, yeah, no, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, well, it, and I, I like the idea. I mean, the, the, the concept of spot reduction is kind of a, a myth. But I think you're right. I mean, men and women do tend to store fat differently, right? I mean, mm-hmm. men tend to carry stuff more around their, their trunks, centripetal obesity. Women more so probably like hips, thighs, buttocks, thighs. Yeah. And, and, and that's, which is just physiologic fact. And then after 50, like it's all right here. <laughs> I can't right. figure that whether that's loss of mass or just loss of connective tissue or, I don't know. Gravity. Gravity. <laughs> just aging process. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it happens, happens well, to my neck as well. And Juan, well, thank you for bringing up the aging process because as we age, I mean, I think it's more and more important because we do lose... I don't know the percentage off of the top of my head, but you every decade after 30 or 40, you lose a significant amount of strength if you don't you know, put in any effort to maintain it or improve it. And you, you know, if you stop, you're going to lose it faster um, than you would when you were younger. So you know, it doesn't have to be 90 minutes, two hours in the gym. You can put together a, an easy routine that you can even do at home if you have small equipment at home that takes 30 or 45 minutes. Um, a couple times a week, and that's you know that's kind of that's kind of a good entry point. It's going to help you move forward at a, at a rate that makes sense, and that you're not going to end up injured from, um, and you're not going to end up hating it. There's nothing worse yeah. than like I got to do this, and then I want to do this, and then you stop doing it. That that's interesting because I I had a, a conversation with Brian Harris not too long ago, who you you know Brian really well. Brian's an, an incredible athlete and an incredible coach. And trainer, and and one of the things we were talking about is that it really is sort of this kind of just slow and steady, and you train your body, but you also and and rest is kind of a big part of it. Really is of that whole process, yeah. but also like resting your head. There's nothing worse than you're you're never going to have a good workout if you're resenting your workout. No. no, you know, and if you're frankly that hateful about it. You, you probably need a day off or, yeah. or do something different. Mix up your routine. And that's not to say that there isn't merit to having some kind of structure to, right. to what you're doing because you should be. But then I think sometimes too, and you guys might have talked about this with power meters and things like that, measuring devices, yeah. all of the trackers and 
the the logging and the apps and all that stuff that you can just get really tied up in measuring your performance telling you how many calories you're burned you're like that's not real <laughs> it's not, yeah. th just because your watch says you burned x amount of calories that's not real you're not hooked up to a metabolic cart it is not it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah it's, it's a best guess yeah. if, if that well and i like to i you know i think wearables are they're good you know tracking devices they're good but they have to be used in the context of this is not exact science um they do a good job of tracking time um you know and, and intensity to some degree and there are some out there that help you with your sleep and your recovery and that kind of thing but they are not the be all end all you cannot allow yourself to be ruled by apps and devices and you know i mean that just again it just makes you resent it yeah i mean i think i think those are useful tools and they're probably more useful for people more who've been doing it long a longer time or have a specific <laughs> goal and who may be farther along in the process like if you're training for an event um that kind of stuff may be helpful but i think for the vast majority of people and i'm going to put myself in there the idea that you have to measure everything is kind of nuts it is and, like who are you doing this for right yeah and, and and we all do we like to see our progress but and and it, but you can also be, it can become a false, a false idol. It can be. Right? And, I mean, and we've talked about this before and, it, and, you know, ultimately you can throw all these quantifiable variables into your performance and whatever else. But at the end of the day, all the body knows is time and intensity. And effort. It knows yeah. how long and how hard, and it doesn't know time in the sense of minutes and hours. It just knows whether it's a long time or not a long yeah. time or a middle length of time. And it only knows if you're going ham or if you're kind of, or if you're rusty, yeah. you know what I mean? It does not know these quantifiable factors. And, and so many of those things are interdependent and independent that, you know, having somebody, if you, if you are a performing athlete or somebody like that, I mean, yeah, you need to be able to interpret that stuff or work with somebody who can, who can interpret that stuff. But I think on the, the lower end to entry, and, and, you know, it does kind of build, it helps people build routines too. You know, yeah. with alarms and things like that. It, yeah. it, an educational tool, like, oh, geez, you know, like you're over on your calories. What? It's only 10 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there, there are definitely some helpful. The famous things blueberry there. muffin. <laughs> right. The 500. The, the 500 calorie gets blueberry. It's a piece of breakfast cake. <laughs> this can't really. This can't really be 500 like calories. Breakfast cake. Oh yes, it oh, can. Oh yes, it is, and it's got 25 grams of fat in it, and it's not even 10 a.m. yet. You're, you're done eating for <laughs> until until after. Dinner. Which brings me to the idea of this intermittent fasting. So basically you skip breakfast <laughs> and don't eat till noon. And that's not to say that people don't do well with that kind of structure with their eating. Um, you know, and, and diets generally like, oh, keto this and like whole 30 this or whatever. It's like, okay, that's Fine. If it's going to get you where you need to be, which is basically a calorie deficit if you want to yeah. improve your body composition or lose body fat. Um, if that's what's going to get you there, great. But realize all those things are kind of finite. You can't be in ketosis forever and ever. It's a tool. you know. And, and a lot of people will go from diet to diet and, and sure, I'm keto, but they're also, you know eating potato chips, you know, or something. So you, if you're going to do it, like follow it and, and be successful, but there's nothing worse than somebody who like surfs various diets and ways to like 
you know, shorten the window of time that they ingest food during the day where, you know, if you, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, if you're not in calorie deficit, you're not, if you only eat between 12 and two, but you still eat 2,500 calories, you're yeah. probably not going mean, to lose weight. And I, I see, I used to see a lot of that with folks who would, you know, young, hard charging on the go, don't eat all day and then sit down and throw like, 4,000 calories in themselves in 30 minutes at 6 p.m. I don't know. And wonder why. And one, my stomach, doctor, my (laughs) stomach hurts and I feel really full. You think? You think? Well, and and you know that's when if you have those kind of issues, it's probably. And the fact is, is your body can't use all that at one time. So guess what? Off, off to the adipose cells. Let's make some fat. Let's, you know, you're better off physiologically eating frequent small meals, staying within your caloric goals or caloric boundaries. Well, and, and dividing it up in a way that makes sense for you. Yeah. You know, if, if you're somebody who has, you know, a physical activity labor kind of job, like how to space that out in a way that makes sense that doesn't give you GI distress, but still meets <laughs> your, still meets your nutritional needs, you know, and, and kind of moves, moves the needle in the direction that you want to go, you no. know? <laughs> So, so yeah, let's see. What are some, oh, influencers. Like, where do you get your information? Um, you know, the internet is, is oh, wonderful man. and not wonderful. And there's a lot of, there are, there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation out there that come from people who are Photoshopped, who are surgically altered, oh, who, yeah. you know, post videos of themselves working out and, and post their workouts up out there who don't have a lick of education or experience really, um, as a professional in the fitness and wellness industry who have a million followers and you're like, woo, they've got a pretty slick Instagram and I like those videos. I think I'm going to go do a bunch of burpees and jumping jacks and, you know, run myself into the ground and understand why I feel terrible for three days. Um, you know, it's, it's on you, I guess, as someone who's a consumer of social media, of internet, you know, content to do your homework or, um, you know, work with somebody or inquire, you know, somebody who's knowledgeable, like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, you know, is this going to, and think to yourself too, like, is this kind of stuff going to serve me? Should someone who's in their fifties be doing burpees? No. I mean, it's a dumb exercise, but there's merit to being able to go from a standing position to lying on your fit, you know, on your belly face down to be able to get back up to a standing position. But do you have to do it at speed and like trash your wrists and slam your chin off the ground to do it? I was, uh, we were talking about this recently. I was amazed that like there, there actually is, is survival predictability based on gait speed and how quickly you can get up off the floor without using your hands without using your hands yeah so there is merit to i've fallen and i can't get up yeah and you don't want to be that person and grip strength strength also yeah which is (laughs) but you know again it gets just it just a lot of that though is can be achieved for most of us just through an active lifestyle, right? I mean, and you can define your activity. I mean, strength, you're right. I think especially as people get older, strength training becomes key because losing lean body mass. That's a critical thing. Well, and it and, and it correlates, loss of lean body mass correlates poorly with, with time on planet. <laughs> deconditioned is not good. Yeah, deconditioned is not good. And, and... But I also think, you know, again, folks, there's a tendency for all of us just to kind of get enthusiastic about stuff and want 
you know, I need, I need my, my, you know, little pedometer or I need my power meter on my bike or I need this app or that app or this tracker or that tracker. And it's like, I guess if it's a tool that helps you get where you got to go. Yeah, because it's under, good if it, it becomes yeah. if it becomes the end point in and of itself, it's dangerous. Well, and, and you said the word tool. I mean, ultimately, he said tool. <laughs> <laughs> he said tool. Ultimately, we are we are animals that behave in certain ways, badly. certain patterns, often badly, <laughs> um, and often for reasons we don't quite understand. And so if you're gonna use those types of tools, trackers and apps and things like that, like make sure that they serve you, that they don't, you know, stress you out yeah. or, you know, pull away your joy or your ability of being in the moment and, and moving and breathing and experiencing what you're doing as fully as you can, as opposed to just, I got to go out and do intervals today because that's what my program says. It, and I think for most people, and I will include most amateur athletes because the guys, the cat four guys out crashing themselves on a weekly basis, you know, who are out there with their, their structured program who are so busy doing their quote unquote interval that they can't say hello to you as they, as, as you pass them. Um, behavior. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, I mean, it exercise. The other part of it is, is that, there's value in exercise in terms of quality of life and stress reduction. And, and so if like, you know, I got to go out and do my intervals today and I got to hit my wattage and I've got to, or I've got to hit my times and, and that's fine. But you know what? Some days you got it and some days you don't. And frankly, I hate to break them to you, but the older you get, the more days you don't got it and the more days you need to rest. And, and, I'm not sure I'm completely reformed in this regard, but the fact is, is that nobody got stronger, nobody got fitter without resting adequately after an effort. Agree. Yeah. Because the whole point is, you're especially with strength training, you're actually damaging muscle fibers, right? And yes. those muscle fibers need time to heal, which is how you get stronger. Right? Yeah, well, and I always loved, and we used to talk about this, which was probably horrible, but, you know, we'd see the same people come into the gym and literally do the same workout every day for years, and they look the same. Nothing ever changes. And for people, like, if that's what they want to do and they're cool with that and that's serving them, that's cool. But if they want to change something, you don't change unless you change. Yeah. And so getting people outside of their comfort zone, teaching them something new that, you know, is empowering, like strength training, especially for women, is empowering. Like, I know that if I needed to, I could pick you up off the floor. That's why I strength train. That is why. Like, have a purpose for it, too. I mean, obviously... I, I thought it was just because I'd lost weight. I was thin and fit now. <laughs> <laughs> Or no, not. I mean, or but, not. but there's a yeah, there's a sensibility to, to doing. It. Obviously, people, we want to look nice. You want yeah. to look good. We want to feel yeah. we feel good in our skin. But there's the whole functional component to strength too that that goes far beyond what you look like. The aesthetic. It's not about the aesthetic. Um, it, it's about the functionality of, of strength. So especially for women who are, who don't want to barb. I don't want to deadlift. I don't want. I don't want to squat. Like squat is the universal best exercise for everybody to do. Um, I don't want to bench press. I'll get too bulky. Like. No, you need to be able to push things. You need to be able to press things. Yeah. You need to be able to pick them up. You need to be able to carry things. You need to be able to rotate. Um, you know, and, and I, 
in, in terms of like the way that I work with people and kind of the foundation of, of programming that I do for myself and for, I mean, I don't formally have programming, but every time I do a workout, I always include like fundamental elements of movement and load them in various ways in order to get sort of the strength gains that I'm looking for. And I'm always changing those things up. So again, a squat, a push, a pull, a hinge, uh, some sort of rotation, a carry, you know, basic fundamental movements with varying types of load. I mean, yeah, you know, those, you have show muscles and you have go muscles, work on your go muscles first, and then do you worry about your show Ooh, that's muscles? Good. That's good. Show <laughs> muscles and go muscles. Well, and core strength and balance too, especially as, as we age, you know, having core strength and body awareness and being able to balance like the best thing in the world, yeah. if you can't balance on one foot and you don't, you're not really good about brushing your teeth for three minutes, brush your teeth on one foot and then switch feet. I do that actually. And then if that's if that becomes too easy for you, start closing one eye. Or brush your teeth more often. <laughs> you do that too. Um, <laughs> dental yeah. hygiene. And, Poor dental hygiene is linked to many diseases, including yeah. coronary artery disease. Yeah. So yeah. And brush your idea, teeth and stand on one foot. And I always love too. I work with clients who, um, you know, they'd be like, can we just do everything we're going to do on the floor first? So I only have to get on the floor once and get up once? It's like, no. There's a reason yeah. why we put you down on the floor and then make you get back up off the floor. Again, I've fallen and I can't get up. What is more you know, functional than being able to get down on the ground and get back up? Yeah. You know, and, and having the body control and the awareness to be able to do it. Um, <laughs> when you get out of the chair, you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's not like a really great movement pattern right but, there. But it's also, I think it's also, you know, again, having a variety of things to do so that things don't become mundane. Well, and life's not linear either. So when you're talking about strength training yeah. and movement, like you move in 3D. Life exists in 3D. So just doing this and this and, and this all day, like... Again, not really go muscle in there. You're not getting the whole thing. No, and so so thing. kind of coming from a foundation of movement and thinking about how you move first and different ways that you can load that, be it with bands or tubes or weights or suspension trainers or whatever, you know, and, and enlist the the services of a professional. Bottom line, if you if you're not sure, and the Instagram videos just aren't you know probably the best place for you to start, or find <laughs> or find the right you know, um, people on the internet, the right professional on the internet is going to show you how to do things the right way or hire a professional. I'm, well, I'm all for that. Right. No. And I think, I think, you know, the old saying about that you get what you pay for is true and, and the internet is free. Therefore the quality of most of that information is comparable to the cost. Well, and I think, and too, if anything, if anything that we have learned in the last four years, YouTube Ain't the place to educate yourself. No, and, and I know in talking with people who are entertaining ideas of working with a professional for exercise purposes, you know, they push back on, on the expense and it's not cheap. Um, you know, it, it, there's definitely a value proposition there that we need to present. But remember that um, personal trainers are, a lot of them are really good um, professionals, very experienced with great credentials. And the value proposition is they are worth what you pay. And I know for me, overcoming an objection one time from somebody who had this fantastic pink amber hair, I said, well, who does your hair? Like, would you just let anybody do that to your hair? And she's like, well, God, no. I'm like, do you do your own taxes? She's like, 
no. I'm like, so you pay an expert to do the things that you're not an expert in. And she's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, here we are. Hey. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an investment. You know, bottom line is it's well, an investment in your and, health. And so if, if people are looking to, to get started or to kind of move their program forward or to get good information about how do I make this work. So like, how do they get a hold of Redefine RVA? We are search engine optimized. So if you enter Ooh. into the Google personal <laughs> training, Richmond, Virginia, we're going to be at the top of the list. There and go. there are a lot of different options out there. There's a lot of virtual training now, you know, the, the way that the industry has shifted because of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, for the most, place, most part, people are comfortable in space again. Um, you know, and, and yeah, like ask the right questions and, and figure out what's going to serve you and whether or not, you know, where you go, um, if it's us or elsewhere, you know, that, that there's community there for you that you are treated as a client and not as a yeah. customer. Um, you know, and that, that your needs as a human being are being served and that the approach is going to, you know, be something that's going to keep you uninjured. Um, to help you set goals, keep you on track, give you structure and accountability, and ultimately make you feel better, you know, and, and yeah. feel better in your body and, and improve your health and wellness. Well, great. We're, there's another 30 minutes. It, <laughs> goes, it goes by so fast. It does. So, so this, that's another consults over coffee. This is, I'm Dr. Michael Jones. This is Debbie Dust from Redefine RVA. If you guys are trying or serious about getting that COVID weight off and getting back in shape. <laughs> and into your clothes. Um, and fitting back into your clothes up buying an entirely new wardrobe. Um, give her a call. She knows what she's talking about. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.